I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So let's start with updates. I'll go first. So this weekend was a uh, pretty chill weekend for me. I got to spend time with my mom. So I got so last week I went to Baltimore to get my hair cut and color, as you can see on camera. Um, needed a reset. Shout out to my barber and colorist. Oh, so it is leaning to the light a little sister that can get some other goodness. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. Love so that. um when I went to Baltimore, I surprised them. I stopped at my mom's house and surprised her for a little bit before I um, came on back to DC. Oh. And it was it was it was just good to hug my mom. I haven't seen my mom since September. And me and my mom, we talk like every other day or every couple of days, but nothing compares to hugging my mom, giving my mom a kiss. And then my dog, um, Savannah, she was going crazy. She was losing it, which shocks me because the last couple of times I came home, she acted like I was a complete stranger. So she was flipping and acting all crazy, but it was good to see my mom. And then me and my mom got together last weekend. She came down to the DC area. I caught the train to meet her. We got um, ma- um, manicures and um, yeah, we went to go get um, Mexican food and just really have a good time. And it just, you know, my mom is one of those people like you, you never take for granted when you have a parent that no matter what it is, it could be like the littlest thing. They'll drop everything to come check on you and to come see what's wrong with you or see what's going on with you. And my mom is deaf, even throughout ups and downs, has always been that type of mom. And during these times, it just means a lot for us to have these moments together and part of us hang it was so hard because there was so many places we wanted to go to but we couldn't go to because of COVID or we went we wanted to go to other restaurants but they were so packed this thing and the weather was well it was cold as hell this weekend but I'm glad we got to spend time together I look forward to spending more time with my mom also still on the job search I just So for those of you who don't know, my position will be coming to an end in September. And I know people are like, why are you looking for a job early? But in the legal world, you kind of have to find your job like a year to six months in advance. It's, It's just the nature of the system. And just trying to find a job, trying to find a job in COVID, trying to find people that actually want to hire Black people. Let's keep it real. Black trans women. It's hard and it's a game, but I just want to 
well, I have to be encouraged because I have to pay my bills. One that you know that's what keeps me motivated, and I want to continue to practice law. But I'm gonna just I'm gonna keep it real. Like being in this field, I have been re- I have gotten so many rejections, and it really happens to the best of us. But you have to be you have to have that tenacity. You have to keep it going. But I'm not gonna lie; it does get discouraging at times because I know that I am qualified and I know that I am passionate. And I know it, it, it's about, it's a game of opportunity and access to who's going to give you the chances. And typically they give those chances to white people, you know, white assuming people. And, you know, it, it can be frustrating sometimes, but y'all just keep me in your prayers as I move forward. Hopefully I can secure the bag soon and make sure the ink is dry so that I can secure my financial future, which is important for me as a single Black trans woman making it on my own, and which is important for the advancement of my um, legal career. But I'm still on the path to finding um, close employment after my fellowship. But those are the two big updates that are going on with me. What about you, sis? Well, 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 well. So for me, um, Life is good. Um, you know, as with anything, you know, you have your, your good days and your bads throughout the week. But this week in particular, I've um shout out to my husband for creating a really, really good safe space at home. Um, we've been really, really good, and so that's always good. So then I've been feeling very relaxed. Um, I have some exciting things in the pipeline that are coming up soon. Um um, I apply some um, my nonprofit stuff is now beginning to, to to have some new beginnings that I'm exciting about. So we'll see what God has in store. Stay tuned, guys. The lioness is going to have some drops for you. Um, and other than that, I'm just you know I've been looking forward to talking this to you that today. Um, you know, um, I know we have a lot of content we want to put out. There's so much going on in the world. Um, you know, I personally, we're going to talk about it on another episode, but I personally am just floored by the Meghan Markle interview. And I just stand behind her as a woman of color. I believe every word. I believe they questioned the whether or not that baby was going to be dark. I, I believe all everything that she says sounds like what we know to be true about the institutions of society so you know just here here feeling that and i've been in a really um goddess space lately um particularly today i mean I, I you know i don't know the stars are aligned but i just feel really good so i'm gonna just roll with that wave and you know enjoy life and you know i do have just this much of a headache and that's always but i'm in a good mood otherwise and that's what's up so yeah, girl. So let's tell it. So tell them a little bit about why we're here today, Brianna. What this episode is going to be about, girl. So this episode is going to be centered on me. I guess it's going to be an Aeon takeover. So I recently had an experience where I dated a trans man, and I I learned some things about myself, and I learned some things about the other person, and it, it was just the what you call ninja training, just a, a, a crash course in dating and getting to know people. And really before you before you go too deep, just assessing whether somebody is a good match for you and just particular nuances 
that I experienced being a trans woman, um, pursuing a trans man and just my experience. Now, I wanna preface this with this, names will be changed because you know, though I am telling, this is my story and I'm telling my story, I do respect um, the person's privacy, but I feel like it's a definite learning lesson in what I went through. And also, I'm not going to be, my intention is not to be disrespectful to the trans masculine community um, in any way, shape or fashion. But again, I just want to tell my story in the most um, honest and candid way possible. So I, so bef before we get into how I met, um, met this guy, we'll call him Nathan for all in terms of the purposes of the story. Um, I have been somebody that has primarily I have dated cis men, black cis men, black and brown cis men, but I am definitely trans men attracted. I am attracted to trans men. Um, trans men are in the variety of people that I would date. I actually had, a, I was talking to a trans man like in 2015 or 2014. I'm a trans man, he lived in Memphis and we were dating, we wanted to date and get to know each other with plans for us to eventually be together. And actually before I transitioned, the first boy that I ever like talked to or met in person and explored my queerness with was somebody that was an AFAB person. Now I don't think he was a trans man, but he was definitely male presenting at AFAB. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother story. Um, shout out to him. But I've always been open to dating trans men or trans masculine people. In comes Clubhouse. So some time ago on Clubhouse, there was a panel uh, where it was a topic with trans women asking trans men questions, why they don't take trans women seriously. And there was a gentleman in there, Nathan, um, who just intrigued my interest because his whole, his whole vibe, his whole persona gave me what I was used to as cis men, like very aggressive, like very confident, um, very flirtatious. So a part of my personality is when masculinity in, is in the room and it's telling me what I want, I'm going to interact and I'm going to flirt back. Um, and it was, he was receptive. We were playing in the, like not playing, but like talking, flirting back in uh, black and forth with each other and play the house room, which then led to, and so on play on, I mean, not playhouse on clubhouse for the social media tags that I had for my profile on there, they're directly connected to the box number of five, so podcast, Instagram page and Twitter page clearly promotion of the podcast and everything, particularly on Clubhouse. So Nathan reaches out to me on there and, and he reaches out a couple of days later, which I'm not going to lie, it turned me on that not only did we have that conversation, but he kind of pursued me. And then once we connected, I refer him back to my personal page and we started DMing each other. and. The convert, and though he's a trans man, I'm a trans woman, I'm not in the mindset of, oh, I've never dated a trans man before, or like, 
like just like a, a hesitancy of dating with trans men. I'm I'm definitely at an age and I'm at a point where I'm receptive to masculine energy. So the conversation that we had was very like it was very up my alley. Um, and then in in addition to so just describing what he looks like, um, uh, not middle aged but like mature gentleman, light skin, nice haircut, nice deep booming voice, just confidence, hazel eyes, like they're like if anybody knows me personally, you know. Most of the men from my past, they tend to be of a lighter, fairer. It's not that I'm opposed to the chocolate. I'm a, I'm an equal opportunity, but that's you know that's just who lives for me. So he definitely fit the bill of men that I used to. So physically attracted to him, he's shorter than me, but that's not really a deal breaker for me. And actually, I prefer shorter men because I just, again I like the confidence and I like the to how short men I have interacted with are not intimidated by me. Mm-hmm. So, and then on top of just the attraction, um, we just seem to, uh, we just seem to be connected on a lot of stuff. We shared the same birthday, we shared oh. the same sign. So that was really dope. And just from talking, I could just tell that we, in a lot of ways, we saw the world the same way. We had similar perspectives. He works. He has his own place. Um, you know, gentlemen, everything was going good. And I'm getting excited because typically, especially with men, I don't really get excited about men. Right. I just, like, it's it's very once in the blue where I get excited about men, where I feel comfortable around a man enough, where I'm texting all day, where I want to talk on the phone, where I, but I just, it takes a certain type of connection and a certain type of personality for one, you to not get on my nerves and for me to be into you like that. So the interaction went from, us going back and forth to DMs, to us texting. And then like the latter half of the night, it went to us being on FaceTime, which is something that I rarely do. And we're just talking and getting to know each other. And um, by the end of the night, I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I met this person. I can't believe that they're trans. I can't believe that I'm having this connection. I can't believe that we are comfortable like I'm comfortable like this and everything was going good so this person in the bedroom so so let me preface this about myself I'm a girl I like to have my fun you know I like to experiment but in relationships just to be honest I see myself more of drawn to a man that sexually plays like the oral top role. Right. Like I see myself being a bottom in a relationship, but I like, you know, to get much, you know, I like, you know, I like for my man to very, to very well um, know how to pleasure me and know how to work me on top of top of me. Like that's what, if I'm getting in a relationship, that, that would be the most suitable partner for me. Mm-hmm. So when I came across this person and even he saw himself as a total top. Now with trans men, I have came across trans men before who, um, who gave, I'm a total top. 
And you know, that's up my alley. And as somebody that is sexually expansive, and as somebody that has dated cis men that don't have the biggest genitalia, but we make it work sexually by bringing toys toys into the room, dildo. You know, I, again, I'm at that age where I know that you can make stuff work. So somebody using a dildo on me, you know, it you know, it didn't really, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. I'm not one of them people that is like, oh, it has to be like. And to be truly honest, in some instances, a dildo is more reliable than an actual. Um, Dig, but that, that's another topic. But um, when he gave, when he said he was a top, I kind of figured in the back of my mind, okay, so this is going to involve a dildo. But I didn't really know if he was oral or not. But it was in the back of my mind, like, well, well, bitch, we gonna have to cross that bridge when we get to it. But in the meantime, I'm having a good time. Right. But I noticed something um, when we started talking about sex and stuff like that. And of course, when it's two trans people and I'm all about consent and, you know, all of that stuff, it's important for us to talk about, okay, it, clearly I'm attracted to you, you're attracted to me. How are we going to have sex with each other? So the conversation of what we would do in a bedroom came up. And the first red flag I noticed is that when he was asking me had I had experience having sex with a trans man and you know I said no because I haven't had experience but there was a situation when I first moved to DC when I met a trans man who was also a top and he gave the very much of oh I'm gonna use that strap on you are you trying to get the strap and I was like hell yeah I can get the strap like I'm here for the shit so I had repeated what I said to him like in just and it, it, it instantly jumped to, the, the, I don't say it's a strap, it's my dick. That's dyke talk, like dykes talk like that. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I, you know, thank you for, thank you for the correction, but it, it gave me a red flag that maybe um, this guy is not really comfortable talking about like sex and genitalia from a, a of a trans perspective like I am. Right. But well, that's okay. You were willing to, you know, like everybody can't necessarily speak on it, but I get it. Yeah. Right. You were still well, but, you were still down to play at that point. Right. I was still and I and I was still down to get to know him and um figure out what the possibilities of what could happen. Right. So I think the next day goes by we talk everything's fine we're still getting to know each other we're vibing we're you know we're telling stories and text messages so this person lives um on the way to me going to to my barbershop so i was clearly we're vibing on the phone and through text so i want to see you so we definitely talked about um, us, you know, meeting each other on my way to the barbershop and just, you know, having a little time to just meet each other in person to see if the the spark is there in person as it was through the phone. So, so I guess the day before I'm, I'm supposed to go to Baltimore to go get my hair cut, we started having a conversation and he asked me to send him a picture 
So I sent him a picture of me at a big trans conference. I won't give the name. Um, mainly, no shade to the conference, but because of what I'm about to talk about that happened at the conference. So I took a picture at this well-known trans conference. And then he was like, oh, I heard about this conference. And you know me, anytime I talk about that conference, I talk about the amazing life transformational time that I had at that conference. Right. And then he goes to, um, yeah, but I, you know, I heard all they do is, you know, have sex and fuck around and yada, 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 yada. And I was like, yeah, that might be true. But I was like, I wasn't there for that. Like, I was so busy. I didn't have time to really get to know people like that or hook up or have, because it was literally so many fucking activities and I wanted to participate in everything. But I had brought up that there was a, um, situation of a you know elect uh, an alleged situation where a trans woman was inappropriate with a trans man. So instantly, when I said that, it kind of triggered him. Oh, and and it instantly jumped to, yeah, that you know I I just don't understand that trans man vitamin and trans woman topping and that's just like I don't fuck with it like that you know that stuff you know. Just keep it the fuck away from me. And do you do that? Are you like that? Wow. So how were you feeling in that moment? Like that moment where like, okay, I'm telling you about this story, this third party story, but you're turning this bitch, like I'm seeing this aggression about the topic and then you're turning it on me in this moment. And I'm wondering how you're going to react to my truth. And what what, what were your thoughts? Well, how, how did that go through your mind? Well, it was... So in, in the interim between when we initially just disclosed what we would do in the bedroom and in the days between this particular conversation, there would be like little slight comments of, well, I'm a real man and I'm going to treat you like a real man should. And as long as you act as a woman, everything will be fine. Oh, no. And, you know, I don't really get along with most trans girls because, you know, they try to top you and I just don't understand trans men that bottom. So it was just like, okay, like, I just, like, it sounds a little misogynistic and a little trans misogynistic, but, you know, the vibe is right and I don't want to destroy the mood. But then when we had that conversation, I was like, damn, bitch. I'm having a good time, like, interacting with him. Like, I'm having, a, like, I haven't felt like this since the, um, the Q nigga that I was dating in 20, in 2019. Like, I haven't felt like this in a long time. But, bitch, we gotta have this conversation. And because we are both trans, we really gotta have this conversation. So. Because it's certain you know, I let you slide on, brother. Right. And, you, and you, you know me being a sad woman, I'm just going to confront it head on. So I, I say, hold up, hold up, hold up, back up, back up, back up. It's all of like this heat because of the sexual assault, which I would, you know, understand because, you know, there is a, there has been problems in our community with trans women sexually assaulting trans men. Like, and I can understand, like, your passion and stuff behind it, because that's something we need to do with this community. Or is this because trans women top and trans men bottom? Like, it kind of sounds like the latter, and then I kind of need to know. And then he he jumps to, oh, no, 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 no. Like, 
you know, I don't have a problem with that, but keep that shit away from me. And as for me in my home, like, you can't do that over here because, like, Uh-oh. real women don't want that. Real women don't want that. And I says, what is going through your mind when you hear, first of all, that your womanhood depends on what he deems your, what he deems your behaviors to be? That's the real, that's the real gagger for me. Who the fuck are you? But anyway, go no, ahead. So where I went to, where it went to was, bitch, we gotta go deeper. We we gotta go deeper because now I know that it's, it's beyond you, like, us having sex and you, like, not acknowledging, you know, my penis. Like, you genuinely seem repulsed by, um, penises and women with penises so you know I want to know now before we get any deeper so then after he says what he has to say he does classic trade move and deflect from the topic and pivot to something else um he was watching something on tv and he just tried to uh to pivot to that so you know me you're not gonna let it go (laughs) I was like so Nathan does the fact that I'm a woman with a penis bother you? Does the fact that I'm a woman who talks about my penis bother you? Do you have an issue with it? Like, so I'm constantly bringing, purposely bringing up words with penis in it to just like trigger him to see how he's reacting. And like, just me mentioning the word penis, like made his face grimace. And it made his place flinch. And I was just like, like damn, brother, damn. I was rooting for you. And he and he was then then he went on to say, like, yeah, like I just like, you know, I can fuck you, like I can dick you down, I can give you dick, but like I just don't like no, I don't like penis and and which what what and what makes it more ironic is that when we were talking, he said he was at a turning point where he is purposely pursuing trans women. So I'm trying to reconcile how you're now hey. at a point where you're pursuing trans women, and there's a high possibility that you're going to come in contact with a trans woman that has a penis. That is going to want you to sexually pleasure her. Because, see, that's the thing for me. So, to be clear, it wasn't so much that he wasn't, because you were down to use the strap. It wasn't so much that, because, or the, the, you know, to, to receive his penis. You were down to, to, to use the strap and to do what he wanted to do. But then he wasn't saying necessarily, not just that he, he was he didn't want anything to do with your penis at all, to the point where the mention of it was drawing disgust on him. So now just hearing this as another trans person and knowing that this man wants you to see his strap as a penis, but then wants to deny that you have one and then make you feel disgusted because his face is telling you he's disgusted by the fact that you have one. Do you think that could have been penis envy? I don't know. Um, I don't know. After we talked about it, after we talked on the phone, I was open up to that possibility. Bitch, I, 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 but I really think it. So let me just finish the story out. So we had to have the conversation. I was like, I really like you. 
Like, I really love for you as a person. Like, and I'm really enjoying this right now. But, darling, there's no way that um, I can go forward, like, pursue dating you or even having sex with you and you are repulsed by the mention. Not even, you haven't even seen me naked yet. You're just repulsed by me mentioning my body and me having pride. And I'm like, at the end of the day, like, we're both trans. We are both trans folks. I'm a trans woman. You're a trans man. So if we can't interact with each other and be comfortable with our, our bodies and let our guards down and like if we can't do that then what the fuck are we doing and also you got me fucked up if you think i'm just going to let you fuck me with a dildo and you not help me get a nut like that that's just that's just out of the question you're fine but nigga you're not that fine like you and like you are real like with the whole situation, what what I learned from the conversation and from the situation and from confronting that issue is that he is is and was in that moment um, really dysphoric about what was going on with him, body or mentally, and it wouldn't have been a healthy situation for his dysphoria to be put on me because even as somebody who um, whose dysphoria is not as intense, like just that whole energy could really impact me. Mm-hmm. Because here I am comfortable with my queer body and my trans body. Um, somebody who acknowledges cisness, but acknowledges that I will never fit into cisness. And I'm with a trans person that is low key idolizing cisness and using it to attack my body. So. It just, it just felt like if I would have if I would have ignored it, uh, ignored the signs just for the comfort of having this connection and I'm um, having this connection, it would have just been dysphoria on top of dysphoria. And I really gagged because, again, this was like th- this time was really my first time really like interacting with the trans person and stuff moving forward. So I like I expected this type of energy from system. This man, bitch, never expected that I would be telling the story and that the that Nathan would be this trans man that is um like promoting this transphobia within our interaction with each other. And I knew that there was no way to um build like any type of relationship or friendship when just the mention of my body and how I identify and how I show up makes you uncomfortable and you expect me to deny certain parts of myself in order to make you happy in order to um help you perform your vision of what manhood is because that's not my vision but um like I told him I don't um I don't wish him any harm I'm not angry with him and also this topic I'm not making this topic a malice or trying to air or attack but I feel it's important to talk about this as we do have a lot of trans on trans relationships to kind of bring light to this particular experience and to really um, make sure that even for me moving forward, that when I engage with trans men or trans masculine folks, that we're really having honest conversations about our transness 
beyond us just passing and looking the part and playing the part like how are you with your gender dysphoria and is how I show up as a trans person or how I affirm myself as a trans person does that make you uncomfortable and if it does it's okay but nobody should be denying ourselves um, in order to appease each other. Because what I'm not going to do is deny myself a nut with somebody that I like. Just like, I'm just not going to do that. This thing. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Come in, sis. So you wanted to say something. So um, I want to make sure that you're finished with your story because, of course, I've made some notes and I have. Um, some follow-up thoughts and questions, but I wanted you to finish your story first. No, 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 I'm finished. Um, like I gagged, like it was, it was, uh, it ended as soon as it started. Uh, I would, you know, I wish we could have met under different circumstances. Cause I, I, like I said, he's a really nice guy. And like I said, I don't like men a whole lot. So when I find somebody that I click with, you know, it's very magical and it's very special, but you know, even in that short span of time, I had to choose myself. I had to choose myself. Um, I wish him the best. But I'm not going to lie, I did hurt my feelings. Like, a couple of days later, after I keyed about it and I gagged, it just, it kind of hurt my feelings that, like, another trans person, a trans man could, like, like really feel that way about my body. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like my body, you know, is my gift to my partner or my gift to somebody and you know I like my body I know it's not sis and I know you know I know as a trans woman I do my thing I I navigate differently but I still give you womanly energy nonetheless um so like I'm not it it like it 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 hurt my feelings it gagged me but you know I'm bruised when I'm broken but I was just like damn like damn oh I know I know and I really liked him I really I really and I still like him I still like him but I just like I I just don't tolerate uh, I don't just like I don't tolerate transphobia and cis man I'm not tolerating that in no trans man I'm just not yeah I, I, I feel you I feel you so um, a couple of things that I was, um, that, that that themes from your story that stuck out to me was how one, what I found very revelatory about the scenario is, um, trans men we assume that because that we have this shared experience of being trans and we both have shown up in the world in a way where we are our existence is questioned our that we've had to defy expectations around gender defy expectations around societal expectations and church and religion and family and all that we've had to defy all of it our very existence is in defiance of other people's no's people have told us no and we've all had to make the decision to say but no yes for me and so the idea that we would have a shared experience what I always, I guess, and, and I will say I, in my naivete, I assume that trans men would then, because you know the experience also of being an AFAB person, because you also know the experience of being a person that um, has been oppressed by society's definition of what a man and a woman is, when you've been someone that may have even been a victim of um, um, sexual violence, or you may have been someone in your life where you've had people try to tell you 
what a woman is and how, how a man should be, you would think that that would bring a level of sensitivity. But what I discovered, not just in this situation, but some in my, some of my conversations with my other sisters that date trans men is shared experience does not equal does not equal necessarily a shared understanding because at the end of the day what we what they are doing and in, in some of the trans men's mind in taking on this physical transformation they have to take on their birthrights as black men the birthright of patriarchy the birthright of oppression the birthright of being able to be in a place of judgment and tell other people who they are who they aren't because see what comes with being a man and the privileges there to ascertain that they want is also the toxic masculinity that oppresses other people and tells women what a woman is and what a woman ain't. And so from what you're, from your narrative, I was able to really, really pick up on like the undertones of, you know, just how to toxic masculinity has seeped in and how is it owning. And the next thing I observed was the internalized transphobia. So then the idea that he, because he feels how this is how he's supposed to show up in the world as a man. A man does not acknowledge his vagina. A man does not acknowledge the fact that he has vulnerabilities. A man cannot appreciate a penis in a certain way because that's not what men do, because that's the choice he's made for himself. He's then projecting his own choices and his own dysphoria. So projection of dysphoria onto you. And I can imagine in that moment, Brianna, that it's probably very jarring because you assume, again, a shared common experience of having to transgress gender norms would bring a sensitivity and an understanding. But in understanding what um, internalized transphobia and toxic masculinity and patriarchy does to a man and to, and, and, and to a man regardless of how his body is, it tells them that they have the ability to deny other people sexual pleasure, to define what they how how a woman's supposed to show up in the world, for him to tell you what a woman is and isn't, though he has never had the experience. See, I believe trans men, just like I am a trans woman, I believe when you say that you are a man. So then if you're gonna if you're taking that space up, then I ain't gonna have to check you like a man when you try to come and try to tell me about the experiences of women and how a woman's supposed to show up. Because again, that's not your life. And the reality of it is, Brianna, I just want you to know, like, my question for you is, I know that this is something that we deal with often where our gender roles are defined to us by men. But in that moment where you're talking to this, this trans man, was it an additional kind of a sting for you that this, the gender roles that, that you think I wouldn't have to explain how I'm my body is different and how pleasuring me will be different. And, you know, you would think that this person would understand that that's not going to apply so neatly with us because we both are trans. How did that affect you in the moment to just get that extra sting? Was it an extra thing for you? Yeah, it was. Well, it was a, a, a realize, realization that uh, the assumption that I made no, wasn't necessarily true for him as it was for me. Mm. Um. I know I have a very radical politic when I come when it comes to my transness, but I guess I just or no, I just maybe I I know that even with cis men, I know that there are cis men's hops that will top you the house down, but 
if they if you like the girls, you know it's a possibility, especially if you're you're purposely pursuing non-op or pre-op girls, that you have to be or with them. And most of the and most of the assessment, like, like, no, now let's get to the nitty-gritty. While I was talking to him, I curved a lot of my assessment pieces that gave me oral with smiles and bells and whistles. Like I curved them because it's just like, okay, this seems serious. So let me give it a chance. And let me backtrack. So there was another part of the story that I left out. After I had the conversation where I kept on saying penis to kind of trigger him to see what reaction, I said, he would have. I know that he's been with cis women exclusively before he opened himself up to trans women. So I asked, so when you're dating, before we even got to the would you would you do stuff with trans women? So when you were a cis woman, did you go down on them orally? Well, like I, it's not something that I do often, but when I do it, I'm good at it. But you know, most women like if you fuck them good enough, like they'll come. You don't need to do that. I was like, interesting. So you like trans women and he purposely said that he prefers pre-ops over post-ops i'm not going to give the reason why because it was kind of shady to post-ops and we don't need to repeat that on this podcast use your imagination but he prefers pre-ops so then i asked because now you okay go ahead girl i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> so then he says well no I asked him I was like so if you were so if you go down on a cis woman even though you don't do it a lot but you say you've done it would you go down on a uh, pre-op or not op trans woman and he was like then he did the grimace again like ew no but I'm like but trans women are women right yeah they women but if you would go down on a cis woman why wouldn't you go down on a trans woman and then, and then he gave me the ultimate nigga answer, like, well, when I, when I fuck, when I fuck women, period, they just come. Like, the last trans girl I was with, like, I fucked her real good, and she just came for me fucking her. And I was like, she probably lied about coming. It's, it's not, <laughs> I'm not saying it can't happen, but if you fuck with this girl multiple times, Mama didn't come every time just from getting the dick at her. Like, and I'm a girl, I, I'm a size queen. Like, when I buy them, bitch, you know, it's the Olympic Games. I need, I need some assistance. Mama needs a wraparound. She, you know, she, like, you can't, you just not. Just, a reach around, bitch. <laughs> right. Like, a reach around. Like, you not just. And I've heard so many sister niggas say, Oh, you just don't, you can't come for me fucking you. You know I can't come from, um, you need to be a part of this. You need to be involved. You know what, sis? That brings me to another point. <laughs> but I also hear, and not just, because it's interesting because- Parroting. Girl, what I also hear here, hear here, here is him parroting not just the words, of what he thinks that cis men say, but also what he thinks trans women want to hear. Because now let's not act like there is not toxic bitches in this community who will project their dysphoria onto other girls in the community and say, if you do this, you're not a woman. And if you do that, you're not a woman. And women don't like this. And a woman don't want her penis touching woman. Speak for your motherfucking self, bitch. Because the problem that we're having in community is a lot of girls are speaking as if they have the voice, the monolithic voice of community coming out of their throat. Bitch, you're not God. 
You can't speak for nobody's experience. And just like we know, every personality is is unique and that we're all like snowflakes and you wonderfully and uniquely created. Everybody got a new, I got a different kink, bitch. Everybody like different shit. And what we're discovering in the world and what we should all discover as trans people is that it takes all kinds, bitch. And so the idea that there are women out here that are saying that, so let's be real. He may have even picked that toxic shit up from us. And that's the shit that really burns my pussy down because I don't understand how we allow ourselves to be so negative about the experience of being trans when we know how hard this shit is. When we know we all trying to do what we gotta do to survive. And when we know that we've all had to transgress other people's expectations to be who we are. How dare you then turn that around and then try to judge somebody else to say, but I made the cut now and now you don't. If you do this, you don't because I, you don't do what I do. That is just as toxic and terrible as the cis folks that say, because you do what you do, I can't be around you. Or because you do what you do, I can't, you're not a woman to me. See, what you don't realize is the same logic we're turning around each other with is the language of the oppressor. It is the language of the thing that the white supremacist thing that is saying we can't have differences in this country. We can't have uniqueness and experiences in this country. You can't be that in this country and you can't be black trans and that in this country. Like there, there are people that will take that same logic on the things that you're doing just to live as a trans woman and that you're using to judge other trans women. They will take that same logic to deny you. So let's not get on our high horses and forget that we all, 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 all are people. And what I respect about you even telling this narrative, Brianna, is that I do not hear the tone of judgment. What I mean is, is that even in this moment, I do hear you as a black woman radically protecting not only this man's identity, but his dignity. Because what will be told from this narrative from men that are listening is, oh, here they go dumping on men. But what you're actually hearing here is an empathy as a trans person for the fact that this man was 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 willing to tell her things, and she was still willing to go along with it. He was willing to tell her things that gave her red flags, but she was still willing to give him a shot. This wasn't some bitch that just was like, oh, fuck niggas. This is my friend, honestly and earnestly, opening herself to someone that looked her in the face with disgust at the mention of her genitalia. And what's creepier, and what I was saying is that made it creepy earlier, is this motherfucker is trans, and he is pursuing on purpose and on purpose pre-op women. That's creepy to me that you are pursuing a group of people but making these defined expectations on how they should behave, think, act, and be for you to see them as women. That's creepy to me. And that is also the same toxic shit that niggas do. So for you niggas listening that feel like, okay, I want to be with trans women and it's my preference to not please that woman in a way, you can find women whose dysphoria matches your desires. But what you're not going to do is go to every trans woman and then deny her womanhood because she doesn't, her taste and your taste don't match. If you are not a bottom, I mean, excuse me, if you are not a bottom and you have a problem and that's not your thing, that's fine. But when where it gets toxic is then you say, niggas don't do this and women don't do that. That's where the problem is. And, and, and it comes from my own community and that's what's really sad, Rihanna. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just really unfortunate, and like 
again, I knew that the, the sexual position conversation was important. And I, I didn't expect it to lead to that particular result. But I don't know. It's, I guess it's just important to have these conversations. And like I told him, like, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a top sometimes, but I'm not the super top. And I would never just assume that because you are a trans man that you automatically want to get topped or that you, like, I would, you know, I would never assume that. But I didn't have the assumption that you would um, just like be in disgust of my body like that. But like I said, moving forward, like this experience hasn't closed me off to trans man or maybe be like- Shout out to my brother, y'all still- Yeah, like it hasn't, like I'm still open to dating, befriending, interacting with trans men, getting to know them for them. And, you know, I'm still open to that, but now I have more experience to have different conversations just to make sure that if we decide to move in a romantic direction that we are on the um, same page about our transness and all of those type of things. But like I said, it was definitely a, a learning experience for me. And even though it stung a little bit and it kind of, you know, it hurt that this person that I had this connection with, we wouldn't be moving forward. I'm still fortunate that I was able to, it's always good, especially as a single person that's been single for for so long, it's always good to know that I still have these feelings of just um, excitement and amory, but it also... I've been single long enough to call a spade a spade and to know when it's time to have serious conversations, especially early. And just, you know, even though the ride was nice, even though the euphoria was nice, like, bitch, something ain't right. And I know, I know what type of woman I am and the things that you're keep you keep on saying, I know that I will never live up to that. So we might as well address this now then just try to make this go any longer, make feelings get deeper, and then it's uh, it's even more resentment. So I I'm wanna, glad I got out when I did. I want to talk about, and you bring up a great point. We talk all the time about how there's an internal power that we have as trans women to be able, because we've have had to navigate a world that is antagonistic to our very existence. All of us have had to, to, all of us still living have had to learn a sixth sense about people. We've had to learn a way of assessing the vibrations in an environment and in a situation and in a conversation to be able to ascertain whether or not we're in a safe place. And I love, and what I want to give kudos to you, Brianna, about your um, about your about your story and your narrative today was, you also demonstrated an excellent use of that barometer. So, as soon as you began to feel that this individual was had might have had an issue, the first time you caught that facial expression, it then triggered in you the need to ask more questions. And what I find very powerful about your narrative is, is that we have to talk about the importance of having sexual conversations with our partner that are explicit enough and clear enough that expectations are had and discussed beforehand. Why? Because my sister's barometer went off and it told her, this person may have a problem. 
in certain situations involving my genitalia, which is attached to my body. Not something that I can get rid of or screw off when you come over for your comfort level. So then how is this person going to react to my body when I'm naked? How is this person going to react to me in bed if we are cuddling? How is this person going to react to my penis if it's in its now if I am aroused? Because again, we are we have penises and 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 that and that's something that comes with it. So the fact that he's choosing pre-ops and then having this disgust for penises is indicative that later something could trigger this individual. And I'm not saying that that is who he is. I'm not saying that that is his intent. I'm not saying that he's a bad person, but you can see the feeling and the vibrations in that conversation that indicated to you, red flag, let me investigate. Then what I love about your story is you tested it. You knew that it was important that he confront you confront the thing he did not want to name, and you kept saying penis, 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 penis. The myth in this world that you brought up is that we're in the, we're we're in the business of hiding it, that we're in the business of tricking people, that we're in the business of being Decepticons who are trying to use our feminine wiles. We actually have trend. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people that are doing that, but as a community, we move to the place where we demand physical pleasure now. We're demanding equity in the bedroom. We're demanding equity in our, in our, in our relationships. And we're not going to do the labor of you getting okay with our bodies for you, for us. You need to come already over here knowing how to handle this ride. And in this case, my sister's barometer told her that not, even if, it, even if at minimum, this man, at minimum, this man probably would have made her feel uncomfortable. At most, she could have triggered him accidentally and that could have had a world of repercussions for her and for the situation and things can escalate. So what I wanna say to the ladies out here listening, the young girls, this is an example of using your voice in a way that you can define your reality and remove yourself from situations that you know aren't going to work. And before this man could get emotionally invested, the last thing that my sister did that was very powerful was she made it clear that there is no going forward from here in the way that we were. And she ended in a way where both parties were dignity was respected. It could have been a turn up. It could have been a fuck you. But out of respect for him as a man in community, she gave him the deference of having that conversation. And that's grace. She didn't have to do that. And he wasn't do that. He was not do your graces. So I do want to give you that kudos for giving him, extending him that extra step of grace and letting him bow out gracefully. Because you could have read him. You could have dissected all of that bullshit because I know you have the analysis and the mouth to do it, but you chose to honor that black man in the moment. And that is the story. That's the deeper web that will get lost because when black men, when black women are often talking about the way black men impact them, they only hear the critique and they don't see the love under it. And the love under this for my sister is, is that even in this moment, she is radically protecting his name, image and likeness. She is intent on making sure that he, as a trans man, doesn't feel like it was a, it was that kind of thing. It had nothing to do with his experience, but rather him judging her, and her not, and her creating a safe space and a boundary for herself of saying, "You can't be in my life. You can't be in my space. You can't be in my world." And have a problem with the very thing that makes me me. And that's something that a lot of trans women, because that's not their walk, they can't relate to. But for those of us where we're not dysphoric about who we are. 
all of us is beautiful to us. And you can't make us feel small for that. You don't have the right. No man does. No human does. No trans woman does. And I love in your story that underlying current of just dignity that you gave him because you didn't, he wasn't doing it. So I just wanted to thank, thank you for that. Yeah. And, and also, I also thought about, you know, what if he texted me a couple of days later and uh, wanted to work things out, but like you working through your dysphoria, that doesn't happen overnight. That, that's like a... Because now you're also unpacking the way he sees himself in relation to the world. Like that's unpacking his identity and his own dysphoria. Because that's really right. the movie. he was projecting his own dysphoria on you. Right, right. And at no point did, even though it hurt, at no point did I take it personal because I was like, no, this is about your dysphoria. This is about this is about you flipping out because I didn't call your piece a dick. And you like, but and at the end of the day, we're both trans, like. I will respect what you want me to refer to your genitalia as, but we both know. We both know, and it's important. Especially when you're going to deny mine. Now, 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 see, I'm going to give you the grace. Okay, if that's your dick, we're going to call it dick, we're going to roll with it because I want it. I want you. But you ain't going to turn around and then say, but but and look with disgust and like you about to vomit when I talk about my dick. See, now, now we got a problem. Because you want me to overlook some shit or to, or to go along with what we, with what I know as a trans person is required to honor you as a man, but you don't want to honor me as a woman and to denigrate me further as a woman by trying to make it seem like my genitals are some abstract thing that you can hate separately. You can't hate somebody whole body parts separately from them. So if you have a problem with trans women that are pre-op, don't date women with penises. And yeah, this this was somebody that was like 10 years older than me and somebody, you know, just put it into context. So I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know about this. And honey, one of the pieces that I curved to pay attention to him, we, he actually came over here Sunday and he loved on my body for about, he came over, spent the day with me. And it just, you know, it just felt good to- Cause be what the, one won't do, the next one will. Right, and it felt good to be with somebody that likes what I'm selling. That that likes what I'm selling, and just you know, just likes me from the bottom of my feet to the crown of my head, honey. He, that um, my little friend, honey, he's a key, honey. He he lives for what I'm selling, and I, you know, I needed to be held, I needed to be touched, honey. So I did it, but um, yeah, I I wish Nathan the best, um. I'm pretty sure we'll cross paths again on Clubhouse, but yeah, it was just so important for me. Listen to our podcast evening, child. Who knows? Maybe somebody might hear this. And I don't know. Like he's not Shout really out to Nathan. Yeah, he's not really known in community. He is in and out on Clubhouse, but um, yeah, he's not really known in community. So who knows? But like I say, I, I wish him the best. But you know, life is a, life is a learning experience, and I, as a black trans woman. I give myself permission to tell my stories, to liberate myself and to free myself. Um, and, you know, th th this is just one of many stories that I'm going to tell to liberate myself, to just let y'all know that it's real out here. It's real out here for all of us. We are all out here living life. Please don't think that because of how it's perce perceived where I'm positioned, that everything is roses and gravy. Every day is a is a attempt to try to do the the next day better than the last day. It really is for me. Yes. Um, before we go, I want to let everyone know that you define your reality. You are in control 
of what you allow in your space. You are in control of what you allow in your environment. And this is particularly important to share in this time where we are under attack. What we have to confront in order to prevent for, to prevent this this thing from being such a such a pandemic in our community of us being murdered, what we have to confront is this toxic mentality that there's anything about us that we can do that will keep that will that somehow defeminizes us. Um, there is a shout out to I believe her T her name is T Noir I believe her name is on YouTube. She has a wonderful video about the defeminization of black women and how that contributes to violence against them. And it perpetuates the stereotypes about the negative stereotypes that about them not being as being able to tolerate more or being aggressive or not being able to feel pain in a way that isn't funny and comical to people. And, 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 and just to put it into perspective into this situation, I just want everyone out here to know that you need to value, particularly our black trans women listeners, you need to value yourself above all else, sis. This world is a cutthroat place and these niggas will carry you through all kinds of mental renditions to, to, to justify their own experience with us. But we gotta love on us better than anybody in this world. And here at Box Number 512 Podcast, we just want you to know that we're here and we're gonna keep it real and we're gonna tell our stories and we want you to love it and we want you to receive it. Shout out to all of our listeners and our, and our subscribers on all of our social media platforms. We love you and we thank you. Um, we are requesting that you guys, please, please go to our emails and send us um, you know, conversation topics. We want to engage with you. Also, we wanted to talk to you about our um, episode really fast. So Brianna, can you just tell them a little bit about our um, anniversary episode? So our anniversary episode will actually probably be, be coming out next week. I'm hosted by Amani Van Zapp. Um, in, in anticipation for the episode, make sure to send those letters or those voice messages in telling us how Box Number 5 Soul Podcast has impacted you over this last year. Um, be able to send that to our Box Number 5 Soul Podcast email. The email is listed in our show notes and it's listed in the information and all of our social media. But yeah, we um, definitely want to put on a great show for y'all and really reflect on this past year and our journey as sisters, friends, business partners, and um, oh, look forward to what's next for our, um, our, our growing podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I want to just personally say a moment to give a shout out to Eric Dillard, the creative force and manager of Amani Van Zapp, behind Imani Van Zapp. And I just want you to know I love you, son. And I'm so excited to have your creativity as a part of my podcast and with my sister here. And we are looking forward to this one year anniversary. Um, and um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Mama loves you. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Grown Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. 
And also don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.